0: So yeah, your your faithful podcast host had a weird allergic reaction. I'm sure you care about this. So, but so you lived to talk, about, lived to the talk rage, about it. I lived to talk about it. The rage, so, carry 2. So so we're
1: like 10 minutes into this episode, should probably introduce. We uh, this is a number 1 movie podcast. Hi. Uh, where we go through the films from the box office of 1999. Uh, I'm
0: Brad Avery. I'm Nick Johnston. What's up, fuckers?
1: And uh, Mr. Jewel is J- Jewel Cold Turkey, <laughs> Jewel Cold Turkey, Jewel James Donner. <laughs> I'm quitting, guys. I'm going to do a great this is, job.
0: This is the 21st of century, like century. Like I just imagine you sitting in your bedroom, strung out, singing comfortably numb. <laughs> it's going to be train spotting, but with Jewel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Just
1: me, just like freaking out to like some lure and like some underwear. Choose life. <laughs> Choose so we're, jewel. So we're we're covering this week, uh, the weekend of March twenty sixth. Uh, Nick, uh, you got the list of world events.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. It was a busy week in the world this week. Uh, I mean, NATO launched airstrikes against Kosovo, which is the first time that NATO bombed a sovereign state as NATO. Which is pretty oh. fucking crazy. Commemorative. Uh, commemorative. Yes, they actually made commemorative coins, and everyone who flew a bomber, like a bomber, and then got one. Wait, did they really? No, and that—that's actually <laughs> what I they would sell. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Though they so- they sold them on the History Channel in between commercial yeah. breaks. Um, I mean that was before the 9-11 gold like yeah, coin yeah. minting business got into I mean, thing. That. Uh, next. A jury in Michigan found Jack Kevorkian, doctor death himself, guilty of second degree murder after giving terminally ill man Thomas Yuke a lethal injection. And uh, he let the tape of the execution get shown, I think, on sixty Minutes or or some other news program, and that was the way I, they they prosecuted him.
1: I learned about Jack Kevorkian through you Mad Magazine.
0: <laughs> what what issue of that, Mad Magazine?
1: It was it was just a running gag in the in Mad uh, around that time, and I remember. Having those issues, I think it might have been one of like the twenty dumbest things of the year. I'll issues say this or something. Or no, I think it was the issue. It might have been the issue. that was making fun of Pokemon on it, and they also <laughs> had a joke jokes about
0: Jack of working in there. Uh, and finally, and most importantly, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold stunnered his way to a victory over the current champion, The Rock, at WrestleMania fifteen in Philadelphia.
1: This was uh not too long before The Rock started getting into movies. I feel like it kicked into, I mean, so we had, like, the Scorpi- Mummy, Mummy Mummy um, Returns
0: next year. Um, in the in Two years. Um, Scorpion King. Scorpion King. Um, the, rundown. the Rundown.
2: Yeah, The Rundown. The Rundown's a great yeah, fucking movie. Yeah, Rundown's really good. And
0: Schwarzenegger's um, cameo in that.
2: Yeah, but, like, that's the thing. I think that's Passing the first the torch. time that, like, they finally introduced The Rock as someone who isn't a special effect.
0: Sean um, William Scott, last yeah. good movie until Christopher Goon. Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken's great in that it's fucking It's so movie. much fun. The Rock. I mean, I love The Rock. I'm just gonna get that out of the way. The Rock is and great. I'm, uh, we're recording this on the day of WrestleMania, which is literally what I'm going to do after this: is watch Wrestle fucking Mania, watch Braun Strowman fucking wreck Michael Che and Colin Jost in the ring. It's gonna be great.
1: So, uh, so box offers results. Tenth place, Cruel Intentions. Ninth place, Baby Geniuses. <laughs> uh, eighth place, feeling a uh, a post Oscars boom. Life is beautiful.
0: Wow! All right.
1: Wait, didn't he have like an upset Best
2: Actor win? Like no one expected him to win, but like was that a, was it an upset? I don't remember. I think it was an upset, and I think he also remember Mirab he walked Max down the fucking uh, all the stops.
0: He walked down the the stairs. He walked down the chairs like they were a stage or something like that. The Oscars. He stood up on his on the chairs and celebrated his win. Remember, does Roberto Benigni like do anything these I days? Don't, no. Remember, well, he did Pinocchio to follow it up and destroyed I think that, his like, career. Destroyed. Yeah,
2: him. like that i know i've heard there's like a i know miramax like also released like a english dubbed version which is apparently like the most hideous
0: like fucking what, thing uh, pinocchio yeah yeah i can imagine that
1: uh seventh place true crime sixth place shakespeare in love boo fifth place
0: Doug's first movie. I saw that in theaters. I watched yeah. it on VHS. Oh, my God. And it was
1: his last movie. It was his last. <laughs> <'cause> it <laughs> opened in fifth place. Well,
0: yeah, it was his last movie, and that was also when they'd made the uh, the the Doug people pack their shit up and went to ABC. Yeah, I remember which, that. Uh, that transition. destroyed Doug.
1: Yeah, the, it, it was a totally different show, and it just it didn't yeah. work. It, and like, they
0: were in a school that was shaped like Phoebe's head. Yeah, it was weird. Um, like, wait,
1: why did
2: it move channels? It, I thought it was really weird. I'm like, why isn't Doug on Nickelodeon anymore? Like, was it canceled or something? Like,
0: yeah, uh, after four seasons of 52 episodes, Nickelodeon declined the order of the additional 13, citing the show's expensive budget. The network had a two-week year window, which they could reserve the decision. And then uh, in 1996, uh, they purchased ABC while purchasing Doug in a multi-million deal as well. And uh, it failed. It was really bad and uh they owned the dog they owned the dog trademark and all that sort of stuff and yeah it sucks
1: yeah uh so fourth place the mod squad Ooh. opening to a six million dollar weekend on fifty million dollar budget. Are those the people who fix your computer at Best Buy? <laughs> you know, I think that was like one, like part of the, like the '60s TV remake yeah, wave. Yeah, and uh, that it, was. it had Claire Danes, Giovanni Ribisi, and Omar Epps, and it made a domestic total gross of thirteen million dollars. God, there's not even a foreign. What uh, was the budget? Fifty million. Oh fuck! Yeah, huge flop. <laughs> Um, and then third place, our our next uh, new film this week, Ed TV from Ron Howard. Oh God, starring Matthew McConaughey.
0: <laughs> I remember Ed TV being on like AMC. I've never that, seen. Spe- ed- speaking Wait, of is-
1: comedies that have way inflated budgets, this had an eighty million dollar budget, Good and it god. made it made a total of thirty million, five million worldwide. Oh my fucking 22 god, twenty two so in bad. just the domestic. That's so bad.
0: Yeah, I honestly, we can blame a lot of, I think, a lot of the predicaments that we're in today on the 90s Hollywood. Um,
1: yeah, no, it's it's interesting. The inflated budgets and kind of everyone going for broke on these these huge, uh, you know. The like risk averseness of, of Hollywood days.
0: comes from this era because they were dropping 80 fucking million dollars on romantic comedies. Well,
2: I feel like right. the death knell for that, um, I feel like maybe we'll get into this if this podcast makes it a 2001 um, Town and Country. Oh, <laughs> the Warren Beatty movie. It was a Warren Beatty yeah. movie. Um, the budget inflated to like $120 million. Um, it was testing poorly. They kept reshooting it and reshooting it, and it nearly bankrupted a new line. Well, I think, you um, know,
1: it's also you have that combination of um, knowing that if you pump that much money into it, there's also a chance that you're going to get a billion dollar payday off of it um
0: yeah but that's like winning the lottery you know but like, romantic but
1: they, comedy but, well you know really yeah. like dark knight was like kind of when that like talking about the modern hollywood and yeah. that involvement in it was when i think when dark knight passed the billion dollar mark they were like oh we gotta like just pump everything into this like go for broke on every single superhero movie because you know most of them will will make will make bank anyway and then you're going for that that real big payday Like yeah. with you know avengers and some of those, the others like, are, were able to hit that mark so that that's why they keep doing it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, as and a person who enjoys like, superheroes, I'm going to say, like, I don't mind when they're done well. And I don't think they're suffocating the marketplace as much as people think. But they're also, in a weird way, cheaper to produce in the fact that they're probably going to be sure things. Right. You know, right. like, you can put down $200 million and know that you're going to get that $200 million. And yeah. It's, marketing it's, budget more, back.
1: It's, it's more comfortable putting that much money into something.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's because I mean, honestly, audiences are going to get sick of this shit and we're going to I pretty I pretty sure in game is that like in game is going to be the thing where people are like, okay, let's see something else.
1: Right. Right. And I think they they know that, which is why they have planned out this like decades long, you know, phases and, you know, they have everything plotted out because they know that, okay, well, we can't keep the same actors going for this long. It's it's going to get tiresome. Like you're you're going to start testing, you know, how big this bubble can get. And you need to refresh and revamp. So, which is why they've been working on, you know, building up Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Now is that they can then and they've been casting people
0: who on. are significantly less expensive. Yes. Yeah. Than, uh, than that. I mean, one only need to see Unicorn Store to realize that this was a great option for Brie, Brie Larson. Right. Unicorn Store is bad.
1: I have not seen it. I have not heard of it.
0: It's uh, Brie Larson's directorial debut. Oh, okay. In which she stars in a it's uh, a film that quite literally just embraces the magical Negro trope. Ooh, and, great. And, uh, yeah, I That's would recommend good. you watch it. All
1: right. Uh, second place, <laughs> Analyze This, still going strong. Uh, How much money is it made by this point?
0: Uh, by this point,
1: it's made a total gross of $69 million. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then first place, again, Forces of Nature. What yeah. percentage drop did it have? Uh, it had a 30% drop. That's like, uh, not bad. That's actually really good. Yeah, no, it, it added 166 theaters. It was in about 2,200 theaters at this point. Uh, 30% uh, drop, weekend gross of 9.4 million, uh, total gross at this point of 26 million. Wow, that's anemic.
2: So how was the yeah. movie that we're talking about today doing?
1: Yeah, so the movie that we're talking about today, so we, uh, of course, of nature isn't worth talking about twice. Nope. Uh, So we decided to talk about something that never made it to number one, but is a much more interesting movie, if if flawed, uh, The Rage Carry 2. Uh, So Rage Carry 2 opened a couple weeks ago at uh, second place, quickly dropped down to seventh, and is now, uh, at this point, March 26, 1999, uh, swimming around at 12th place. How many theaters is it still on? It is uh it had a five hundred fifty theater drop this weekend, God so damn. it's in about seventeen hundred right now. Wow. Um it's an MGM production, uh made one point six seven million for the weekend, it's which is a fifty four point nine percent drop. Um its total gross uh at this point is fifteen million. It was on a twenty one million dollar budget, so Yikes. it's still struggling to make its money back, but uh It I, wouldn't. Yeah. Uh it's it made a total domestic gross of seventeen point seven million dollars. Yeah, and there, there's no information about a uh, foreign release for this.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine it probably I, wasn't I big.
1: feel like they just dumped it to video. Right. Um, so, so this is an production. They under the silver laked it. Yeah, uh, belated sequel to Very a belated. horror classic. Uh, the original carry is from 1976. Yeah, an interesting... 23 years later.
0: And we think the legacy sequel is a relatively modern invention, and it's not. Like, you know, it's been, I mean, this is coming from an era where we made, what, sequels to The Wizard of Oz 50 years after it came out? Well, yeah, I mean, like,
1: I mean, it goes back to the 70s and even before then, like, legacy sequels are nothing new. We're just seeing more of them now. Because Um, properties are sure bets. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely not a new invention.
0: Uh, and this was done without the con- contributions of Brian De Palma or Sissy Spacek, though she did lend her image.
1: Yes, she did give her approval. And uh, actually, Amy Irving is the only uh, returning cast member. She plays Sue Schnell. Um, who was the sympathetic bully. She did reach out to Brian De Palma to get his uh, his approval before deciding to sign on. So he, really? he did give his blessings in that sense. Um, and also... Uh,
2: it's worth noting that uh, even though the movie is called The Rage Carry Two, um, the main character's name is actually Rachel. So the, the, the sequel is truly in name <laughs> and only. The, uh... um, th- and in terms of homages, like really, like really paying tribute to the original. Don't worry, they literally play clips from the original movie at oh, certain points, so damn. out of place.
0: I hate the and they're all they're all red toned, right? Yeah. I, I will say uh, I'm a big fan of this director. I really like Cate. Yeah, and uh, she actually had a movie come out this weekend. She uh, directed Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase, starring the uh, girl from It. Yeah. So, um, and she also directed uh, fucking Strip to Kill, which is a solid yep. ass Corman movie, uh, and Poison Ivy, which is also pretty pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, no, it comes from the, the Roger Corman school. Yep. Uh, pretty interesting. You know, so um, early
0: collaborator with Joe Bob Briggs too. Yeah, she and I, I think on, uh, it's. Drive-in theater.
1: Well, it's interesting that uh, every time they try to reboot Carrie, they do give it to a female director, and you get kind of differing results. But I think it's the type of material that makes sense to, to do that in a way that you, you get films that I think are flawed um, just because of just Hollywood shenanigans. But I think you get this very important perspective on the material. Yeah. I
0: prefer this dramatically to the remake. This is so much better than the remake the yeah. remake
1: I mean the remake
2: you could see what like Kimberly Pierce was going for um, and actually the alternate ending to Carrie is fucking great and like straight out of like some Lars von Trier movie um, the, the What's ju- the ultimate What's ending? the alternate? yeah. Um, so it literally ends with, like, one of the characters giving birth, and, like, a little Carrie actually comes out. There's, like, some really <laughs> fucked up birth dream sequence. Fuck.
0: It's,
1: like, so, like, glorious. I twisted. I thought the, the remake did make good use of cell phones, So it,
2: That's the one thing it does right. But you can also tell, like, Chloe Grace Moretz was not the person who no. no, that it in. And the other fundamental flaw of the movie is that they turn Carrie into, like, a fucking X-Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, she's too she's, cool. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, yeah. You don't really... By her being like a bullied character like you she's, really buy sissy spacing well she's
0: like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man well <laughs> yeah. like I, I like what I like 30 year old Adonis is a fucking really like passion pit music kid.
2: cues and like vampire weekend all over the soundtrack yeah
0: so
1: what I like about the rage is that you know the main character here Rachel so spoiler she is Carrie's half-sister uh, is as <gasps> how we what we learn so she also <laughs> has psychic powers
0: but the funny thing is the film implies that since it's a recessive trait literally all of the telepaths in the world come from uh, what what's his name roger white's nutsack <laughs> like seriously like the man is just a telepath making factory <laughs> like he just rolls out and just like but it's also funny to think like he's got a type man and that type is really just not good for him i mean ralph i think it's ralph white actually is the uh the character yeah one second he's not
1: really in the movie. he's not in the movie no, he's at just all. mentioned
0: he's just mentioned he's just uh yeah ralph white ralph white uh, is Carrie's father and it's uh you know, it's uh Rachel. Yeah, so daughter. in
1: this in this case, uh, uh, Rachel who's played by Emily Burgle, um her mother is J. Smith Cameron, who uh, also like uh, the original film uh, is insane and is uh, living in an asylum while Rachel lives with foster parents. You know, she fits a lot more into the environment in a way where uh, Rachel's is kind of very nineties goth kid. Uh, so she, it fits that outsider element a bit better because it's much more like a believable teenager of the time, where there is that, you know, she's she's streetwise, she she's, uh, but she's still you know on the outside because uh, the school's still ruled by the jocks and all that.
0: Jay Smith Cameron has another connection to our one of our previous episodes. Oh, she's she does. Married to Kenneth Lonergan.
1: Interesting. Oh. Yes. Ah. Uh, they have
0: a daughter together, ah. and uh, she's totally wasted in this film.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she, she gets very little to do. She gets real little to do. Um, Amy Irving as Shus, Sue Snell. Uh, Sue Snell is now the guidance counselor at the high school. Trying uh, to
0: save students because yep. she failed to save Carrie.
1: Yep, and she recognizes that uh, Rachel has the same uh, telekinetic powers, and so she tries to you know save her before Carrie happens all over again.
0: Yep. Uh, and then the film becomes basically an indictment of the same culture that Varsity Blues celebrates.
2: And that's what's so interesting about it. Like, I feel like the Rage Carry Two came out in almost the wrong decade. Um, in an alternate universe, I feel like the Rage Carry Two, had it been made in like the post like Brett Kavanaugh age, would have been ex- in like insanely successful. Like, yeah,
0: I'll tell you this too, though. I think that I I have my own theories about why this movie flopped and why it's not considered very good to be very good. But I will say that yeah I, I totally agree with you i think this movie is uh, like even more relevant than it is it's when like it came the out perfect and it's like a fake blueprint for and it just Carrie shows movie. you how this sort of patriarchal society just destroys everyone and keeps getting away with it yeah. so
1: it is based so basically the plot of it is that there's these uh, jocks uh, at this high school who are keeping a running tally of all the girls they sleep with and trying to score points by sleeping with different girls uh, which leads uh, Rachel's best friend to kill herself after she finds out that uh, one of the boys was just using her, like that she you know lost her virginity, too. Played uh, by a
0: pre-American beauty, Mina Suvari.
1: Yeah, so this is actually based on a real... Uh, speaking of kind of, it feels more relevant today. Well, it's based on a real controversy that happened uh, and, and some real
0: crimes. Holy uh, shit, yeah. yeah. Wait, no. really? Wow. So the, the, the Spur Posse. This
1: 1993 incident, the Spur Posse. So let me just pull up real quick I've got it up
0: yeah the reason yeah. why they chose the name was because uh, they were fans of the San Antonio Spurs
1: yeah so the Spur Posse um, this is actually really gruesome um, so uh, yeah uh, sexual assault trigger warning uh, here uh, just reading from Wikipedia, the group came to national attention on March eighteenth, nineteen ninety three, when the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department arrested a number of members for various sexual crimes. Prosecutors later dropped all but one of the charges after being unable to prove most of the encounters were non consensual, although many were with underage girls, some as young as ten. Oh so God. these are high school students. Oh. These are high school students committing these crimes. So And they made the talk they were on the talk show
0: circuit. I mean, there I was mean, there was oh.
1: one one case where one of the, the boys actually broke into the girl's house. And, oh, my God. Like,
0: Joan Didion wrote a night. book about this, too, or a letter. Yeah. You know, at least in the uh, a article in The New Yorker about this. I mean, and, It's yeah. disgusting.
1: Yeah, so, so Joan Didion wrote about this. Um, it did become an influence for a number of uh, things. There's a Law and Order episode based on it, it's of a, course. They're in a
0: Bratmobile song. Which yeah. makes a lot of fucking sense.
1: Yeah, there's an uh, X-Files episode oh, that involves... Like, Jesus Christ. Them. So This, this is, is so is, much worse. It's really horrible. And so the the fact is, like, Rage oh, Carry 2 is commenting on this specific case and, and bringing this in. So, like, talking about, like, this is, feels very relevant today with the Me Too era. Well, again, I think part of the point of the Me Too era is this has been going on for so long. Like, and it's just been, you know... Oh, absolutely. forgot yeah. You know, pushed aside. That, uh, yeah, no, this is happening in the early 90s, and uh, we were talking about it then, too, just not to the degree that we're talking about it now. Um, But, yeah, so the the Rage Carry 2 deals heavily with this. Yeah. Uh, Like, the plot is entirely structured about this and is what ultimately leads to kind of – instead of just the more traditional kind of typical high school Mm -hmm. bullying that we see in the first movie that leads to Carrie's uh, massacre at the end – uh this has a real feminist lens to the horror component of you know attacking this rape culture a
0: real righteous fucking anger at the end Yeah it's and... a real
1: so there's a reason it's called The Rage like there's a real rage behind this and like it's not just a spooky name for a horror movie like it's actually really coming at this toxic yeah. you know high school patriarchal culture
0: Shay has never shied away from having her work be explicitly about patriarchal structures and the people that live within them say, in Strip to Kill and all of these different things. And honestly, I think she kind of fucking rules. And I wish she had more of a expansive career that yeah. hadn't fucking killed it because people are losers.
1: Yeah, I really have to like dig into her stuff more because I have not seen anything else she's done. It's all on
0: Prime. But yeah, I... Yeah, it's painful to watch, man, and the, just the fucking intimidation tactics that they go to to try and get Rachel to be silent. Yeah. Yep. And yep. the uh, this the ugliness. I mean, it's gross, I mean, at points. I mean, and the way that these guys are continually emasculated by the male forces in their lives, too. Right, that yeah. That tells them to be this hyper-masculine.
1: There's this one scene where one of the jocks is uh, – He's sexually late, harassed? Yeah, sexually harassed by the coach. Like he's late to practice or something like that, and he he half-assed
0: to tackle. Yeah, he wanted to see if his whole ass was still there or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, so he's like he, he demands. He grew in a the, pussy or something he, like that. No, he no, says. he
1: says he demands them in. He demands in the middle of uh, a film session, a, like a film session, uh, in front of it, the entire team. Says, "Drop your pants!" and like demands that he takes his pants off. So he has his jock strap on, and he says, like, "I just wanted to see if you had a tampon." Uh, yeah, hanging tampon out. string. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so like it's it's just a brutal moment like it's it's
0: and this really guy's an disgusting. asshole and you hate him then yeah. too but it's like damn like right. of course this guy grows up to be a scumbag
1: yeah because this is the culture that's enforcing and you know instilling this in him
0: we have the also the prescience of revenge porn yep uh in this as well when they broadcast uh we need to probably mention Rachel's love interest yeah, who is adjacent to these group of guys, and that he's in the same football team, and they all grew up together, and all that sort of stuff. But is a is a soft boy. Yes, he 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 dreams of being things, going off to college, and yada 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 yada. And it helps that Rachel's more of a uh, less of a meek shell than Carrie is. Like Carrie very much has a you know, I don't know. It's definitely a very like, post-Badlands, Sissy's basic performance in the first film. Right. And Rachel's more of a dynamic character than that. Yeah, you feel I, like well, the, the proto-Columbine, like, the bully kid shoots up the school. Then, yeah. At the end of Carrie. Which
1: just this movie comes out just, like, a month before Yeah, Columbine, exactly. Which is wild.
0: And it's different, I would say. I, I don't mean, know. Rachel, it's... like, the idea of Carrie having sex is really weird. Yeah. Like, right. Well, that that's, would a, never well that's
1: the problem with the... Well, that's the difference with the characters. And if you go back to the original Carrie the you know Carrie is this victim of you know parental abuse yep um, but it comes from you know it's it's coming from this different lens of she is a very sheltered and controlled person who has never been allowed to really experience the world yeah and the, the dynamism
0: comes from the, the, the yeah. inherent like, character difference. the fact
1: that she's not aware of her period and you know doesn't know what that is all this stuff you know there's a, a lot of anger at christianity and you know that Stephen King writes his mother as a uh, you know wild crazy christian who you know coming stemming from that so she, Carrie is this very sheltered character versus Rachel is the opposite she's grown up in foster homes and uh, is really put full force into this hypersexual high school environment and she knows what to expect is the thing. She's a part of it. Yeah. She's a part of it. And that's what fuels the anger. So with Carrie, you have this kind of innocent character who is destroyed. And with, with uh, Rachel, you have this character who's just uh, more taking revenge for, you know, an entire culture.
0: Yeah. A a character who is more so instead of lashing out, uh, lashing out, like asserting her power
1: exactly the you know again i think it feeds into the kind of feminist interpretation that it it really you know to do that also destroys you yeah um in a way like that like that's what happens you know you know what's an interesting movie actually it's making me think of you ever see attack of the 50 foot woman no no attack of the 50 foot woman so the the original movie is fascinating so it's a real cheap production um i mean the effects are are terrible even by 50 sci-fi standards like you poster's know. iconic though. The poster's iconic, but like, you know, to do make her look big, they just superimposed like an image of her on top of like regular things so she's transparent and like when she picks up somebody it's like just a terrible baby doll. So I mean, there's that. But the movie itself is fascinating because what Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman is about is it is about a abused housewife whose husband cheats on her and lies and then gaslights and belittles her constantly. And she encounters this one day encounters this radioactive alien who basically, you know, the radiation from uh, him causes her to start uh, growing larger. So they literally chain her up in the attic uh, so you know, you know the the mad woman in the attic, mm-hmm. uh, that that classic piece of of uh, feminist criticism. So bef- twenty years before that was even written, Jane you, Eyre, you long have you have this literal metaphor of a woman who is chained up in the attic, and they're all saying, oh, she's hysteric. You know, she needs to be, you know, committed because she says she saw an alien, and you know, she's wild, but she knows the truth, and th- the power of her truth basically empowers her to grow fifty feet tall and literally shatter the attic, mm-hmm. and then go on a rampage, and it is a very similar kind of theme that i don't even know if uh, if the directors were, were deliberately um, trying to put that into the movie at the time or not but it reads with this very strong you know lens of you know something similar to the uh, to the rage carry 2 with that that type of anger against you know an abusive husband and you know this patriarchal society that basically says like you're you're crazy you're a crazy woman when she's been gaslit this entire time and you know, in order to have that revenge though is, you know, force destroys her, you know, to, to have that empowerment causes society to, you know, bring in the military and, uh, shoot her down, Yeah, you know, very King Kong style for, you know, a giant monster movie. And it, it relates to the rage in that way. I think the rage is kind of speaking from that same kind of, um, you know, angle that horror movies are able to communicate these ideas that we were very much sidelining, until this kind of modern, you know, fourth wave feminist
0: moment. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that this film would have been better served had it just been a remake. It probably would have. And it would have been, it wouldn't have been the efforts to try and connect Rachel, Rachel with uh with the carry with were, carry, yeah. i mean those are worked without the flashbacks without it would have been the perfect the reboot esp
1: this, this, yeah there's just structural issues like trying to show scenes from the original oh those were a disaster you yeah. would you
0: could have had just amy irving play her mom yeah and just, just had like it a, be a like less nod to a the less like intense i mean less intense christianity stuff to get the point across here yeah. i mean seriously like i just think it would have been so much better it would have been you know, and I think a lot of the film's issues come from that. I'm not going to criticize Shay's style because she's operating not in the 90s the thriller, yeah, style. It's a very 90s look. It's not very it's, 90s. I mean, very 90s soundtrack. Like, if you think Wes Craven was doing anything differently here, then you are a, yeah. pr- a moron. Oh yeah, like, no, it, it looks like Scream. It, it is. It like is scream. just the same shit. I mean, and it's, yeah. it's 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 attempting to be in its genre, and it doesn't dilute its message. Yeah, I mean,
1: um, it, there's. There's issues with the filmmaking at hand. Yep. There's like some issues with the
0: script. And yeah, I think
1: there, there the old, is a scene yeah. where
2: the dog gets run over. And I, I know like it's normally not a funny thing in movies, but the way the scene is handled is like so hilarious. Yeah. Like the music choices and like the special
1: effects. Don't worry, the dog is okay, though. The dog, no, the dog they do take the dog okay. to the vet, and the dog is okay. The dog is okay, but the scene
2: is like so ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is
1: absurd. You
0: know, but it's just funny because all that bullshit just got in the way of people being able to even remotely criticize the theater. Beatrix. Right. like reading roger ebert's review it's literally just a oh huh, why'd they stand in the rain instead of standing inside when really? ebert literally just like punts like the movie mm-hmm. is just, not a
2: masterpiece phase, but it's really interesting
0: it's not like i don't know man like fuck it like i i mean what i wonder what roger gave four stars to in 99 i mean he gave three to the phantom menace right yeah and this is yeah. way better than that I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's so much more thematically rich and interesting. I mean, and the ending—the ending that indicts the fucking boyfriend and all this too. Yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, that yeah.
1: Even though he, you know, even though he's trying to be like I'm one of the good ones, but it's like, no, you. I mean, you are a part of this. Whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah, you you are of this culture, and you're not above it. And your shit was too little, too late. You know, yeah. like your your return to whatever in uh, the finale I mean has some great fucking kills in it I was Death pumped by CDs dude th- my favorite <laughs> yeah. one my favorite one was when fucking uh, what's your face when when Amy Irving gets killed with the same thing that kills the jock when she's looking through the peephole oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. just hanging there the death's fucking in, the rock door. in this movie and she, the, when Rachel grows her fucking tattoos and and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's her, yeah,
1: like her tat. She has a tattoo that like, a rose tattoo. It like it the it spreads. And it comes, just, like, she is body. a
0: DSA icon, and she doesn't even <laughs> know it. She's literally got a rose avatar. I mean, I, you know, and there's so much good shit. I mean, in this movie, that's just you know, it's it is a bit of a slog, but a lot of that is the Carrie shit. Like, I could see a cut of this movie that just pretends the original Carrie didn't happen. And maybe there and, is, and you know, and and there's it's eighty minutes long, and it's just this full throated like primal scream about the ugliness of high school culture and the yeah. ugliness of small towns and all this sort of stuff. But I mean, and and of course, it's not going to live on. I mean, look at look at look at the Ringers' list of the best movies of the '90s, mm-hmm. or the best movies of 1999, or whatever, where they put Varsity Blues on that fucking what? List. what? Yeah,
1: like
2: Ugh. no, Carrie should just fucking off the kids in Varsity. Blues. Yeah, I know. Great. This crossover. really is
1: like the perfect antithesis to it. Like it's it's like I'm glad we chose this one to talk about because it it goes perfectly it's one of the contrast movies to movies we've covered on this podcast. It is. It's it by like,
2: far. It, like, is. it hasn't really been. I don't want your life
0: As she gets hit He gets hit in the fucking face With a giant fucking spear (laughs) I don't want your life you know, I mean, fucking James Vanderbeek, man, and all that bullshit. I mean, good lord, like, and then the scene, like, I kept on, and it keeps on. There was no way they could have done this, but it keeps on fucking referencing *Varsity Blues* unintentionally. Like when yeah. I kept on thinking of the fucking whipped cream scene. When uh, the, like the tro- <laughs> the tropes are
1: just so ingrained. The, the, this girlfriend,
0: to, uh, the girlfriend to the girlfriend of the of Jesse, the boy that Rachel's falling in love with, uh, tries to seduce him again. The girl who only exists in cutaways. Mm-hmm. Like where she's they're cutting away to her looking at Rachel or something like that. Uh when she tries to seduce Jesse by showing her off in her super sexy lingerie. Yeah. I just was thinking of the Ali Larder scene in Varsity Blues. Right. You know right. where we're with the whipped cream and all that shit. God damn it. I just think I get so irrationally angry or about I mean, that movie. Or I mean still.
1: like, you know, the the house party and she's all that. Yep. You know that that kind and of and the fact that varsity blues, uh, not
2: varsity blues, that she's all that is like, yeah, let's do the challenge. Basically, like, they do much more. Like it's, ba- I mean, you come to think about it, like the rage carry 2 is just like a fucking like anti. She's all that as well. Give it, everyone. You're kind of just cheering on the boys and being like, oh, I hope they he wins the bet, like.
1: So, seriously so so you know something interesting came up so I didn't get a chance to watch it but both of you guys watched it recently um, the movie that's real that was out at the same time that really has endured more as far as you know what people still talk about was cruel intentions that also got to number two but never made number one at the box office w- what do you guys make of that one in contrast to the rage Carry 2 uh,
0: it's sleazy and I really wish that Ryan Felipe had gone on and had like a better career yeah because he's wild and in that film as a sociopath who learns to love. I mean, that movie is based on, uh, by, uh, you know, yeah. And it's a, it's a very, it's a different work. I mean, like there's some fun faux incest shit that happens in that movie. There's some fun, you know, it's it's a lot more of a comedy. Yeah. You heard is. it first here, folks. <laughs> Nick Johnson, fun incest. F- I said faux incest. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you're going to make a movie where Ryan Ryan Felipe, and I think that's him saying that, right? It's not Ryan Phillip, right? It's Ryan Felipe. I, I'm going to guess guy from I mean, yeah, the guy MacGruber. from MacGruber. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Felipe tries to fuck his stepsister as played by Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Like you're going to you're going to get me saying fun faux incest on this podcast <laughs> and clip that and please destroy my run for Boston mayor. <laughs> but you've also got uh, Selma Blair in a very funny role. No, she's great. She's so funny in that movie. I don't know. Like I, I there was some weird shit politically with the uh with with sexual politics in terms of like how they handle gay characters. Oh yeah, the way they handle and gay characters. They really it's like the F word quite a bit in that. Yeah, film. that
2: was the one thing that kind of took me away from like i mean, everyone's running like cool attention is great think pieces and during no scenes it's just like ooh Yeah, it's like I mean it's Yikes. I,
0: I guess that was what progressive looked like in 1999. Well, also, like,
2: even if you watch a lot of, like, mid-2000s comedies, like, people do, like, make really, like... Oh, know? the homophobic... The well, homophobia, the homophobia
0: is still there, but it, it yeah. stops being defined by the F word, yeah, which people generally understood as a bad thing, especially in Hollywood by mm-hmm. that point. But this was the pre-that, when you could still latch into that shit in, in your modern faux exploitation. Um, but, yeah, it about it's all about Ryan Felipe uh, trying to fuck... Uh, because he issues a challenge to his stepsister where he's like, if I can fuck this lady he wrote about how she's going to save herself for marriage in 17, I think. Uh, If I can fuck her because she's going to be staying at the same place that our aunt is, uh, if I can fuck her, you have to let me fuck you. And that sounds like the plot of a porno on Pornhub, but it's not. They don't end up having a threesome. Uh, And so he does this like, I don't know, man. The plot of that movie is so complicated. Yeah, there it's are a so lot of twists turns. I mean, you know. You know
1: I, I, I'll say something interesting, too, talking about but Legacy. Like, the fact that Cruel Intentions just got, like, a, a week-long re-release in mainstream theaters uh, for its 20th anniversary. And, you know, the Rage Carry 2 is not even on the Z- They Shoot Zombies uh, top 1,000 horror movies you, list.
0: You can't even find... Uh, a copy of the Rage Two to rent online. Yeah, uh, it's on Amazon we, Prime and Hulu. It, I no, think. it's not. It was,
1: it was when we watched it last month, and on April first, it went off.
0: What? Yep. Wow. I tried to watch it on. I, the only place you could rent it from was Vudu, and my my I rented it, and uh, within twenty minutes within at the hour 20 minute mark right as things were getting good when she Mm. goes to the party uh, my connection crapped out with Voodoo and I had to watch the rest on YouTube which is Mm. the only other place that it streams free with ads yeah I mean it's it's, for whatever reason I don't know I mean it's always going to live in the shadow of the second of the first carry I
1: mean yeah I mean that's the problem but like I mean, talking about, like, you know, so They Shoot Zombies is based on They Shoot Pictures, Don't They, which does an aggregate top 1,000 films of all time list based on various critics lists and and other types of uh, accredited uh, sources. So They Shoot Zombies does that just for horror movies. And so it's basically based on, like, what are the most popular, you know, horror movies or most critically acclaimed horror movies of all time.
0: Where's Hereditary on that list?
1: I mean, uh, because this is a better movie than
0: Hereditary. Definitely. I'm just saying it. Hereditary. It's a hot take. Hereditary is not
1: on the current version, but they maybe haven't updated yet. But like, like <laughs> I Am Legend from 2007 is on this. List. Good what? God! Like it, it, it's to be know, fair, that
0: movie has a phenomenal 40 minutes. I mean, in
1: it. I mean, talking about like horror movies, like quality kind of is a different standard with it. But like, you know, Critters is the they Critters, fuck you. The Critters sequels are on this list, but the <laughs> rules. Two is not.
0: I have the Critters box set from Scream Factory, man. That series rocks. I'm not knocking rocks. Critters. I'm just saying. You're knocking that, like, Critters. You're in comparison I'm to just, this. They're different fucking movies. Fight, fight, fight,
1: fight, 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 I'm fight. just saying that, like, the fact that The Rage Carry 2 is how, how... completely overlooked for any sort of critical reappraisal is um, interesting. You guys remember that Especially at... when we're looking at this current time where we're looking for, like, relevant films at the time, like, from the past, and, like, no one's been talking about The Rage Carry 2. Exactly. It's, it's been completely forgotten, and it's definitely one that's worth rediscovering. It's not perfect, but it is so fiery and poignant.
0: Yes. It's got more to say than most horror movies, and it's got a very distinctive point of view, and God damn it, you should have been there supporting female filmmakers back in 1999. Yep. Especially ones who are going out and telling you that you might be the problem. And hey, man, I, I will say this, though, too. Uh, how great would it be if we had like a Friday style fight on air between you and me <laughs> over the critters movies, I'm not like e- Andy Kaufman and fucking? I'm not uh, that passionate. Uh, what about the this. fuck? <laughs> uh, what was his name? the uh, The racist. Um... <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> no, the uh, Kramer. Kramer. Michael Richards. Yeah, Michael Richards. Yeah, they they all planned out that they'd have a fight and didn't tell Lorne Michaels. And they had a fight to end the show on fri- um, this episode of Fridays. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Michaels literally ran on and, like, punched Andy Kaufman in the face. Oh, my God. So funny. You should watch that video if you haven't seen it yet. It's so funny. But I, can, yeah. I, I can't do it. I can't play Stone. But the rage is so good. Yeah. Don't don't fucking come on. Like, don't be an asshole. Watch this movie.
2: Enjoy <laughs> it. I, I yeah, actually uh, did, like, a Carrie Fest for myself a long time ago. And I, I, I watched, like, all these movies and, like, Pre Me Too era. Hey, you and want like to go At what first, th- I was kind of like, okay, this movie's kind of like, this movie's kind like, of enjoyable. It's a lot better than like uh, like the other ones because I watched uh, the remake, Carrie. I watched the original Carrie and then saw it in 35 of the Coolidge. And then I watched, no, there was a TV movie remake of Carrie. No, I didn't. It, it oh, yeah, ABC. I knew.
1: I, I haven't seen it, but I know that there it's is. It's fucking is one. bad.
0: <laughs> you want to know what uh, What Carrie is also better? Carrie 2? The Rage? The Rage Carrie 2? What? It's also better than? Pet Cemetery. It's new one. That uh, movie's dog shit. And anybody who thinks it's good,
2: it's not elevated horror. Needs
0: to have themselves checked into a facility. It's not So elevated they can horror. like literally watch the original pet cemetery like Ludovico style on mm-hmm. the clockwork <laughs> orange. So
2: should I just like watch the OG?
0: Yeah the, yeah the original one is original. very fun yeah. okay cool and yeah, it's out it's, on 4k now wait it's on 4k yeah Shit. they put out um, a 4k disc
2: uh nice you know, i mean it's on, on prime so i'll probably just like do that tonight or something i've got tomorrow off so you know i was gonna I go it. see uh yeah. pet cemetery on my day off but you know what, i think i'm just gonna yeah watch the original i mean watch if you want to laugh
0: if you want to see something that's so bad it's good the last 30 minutes of that film are so dumb Nick, and ridiculous you almost
2: selling me on seeing the remake
0: <laughs> so they change a big plot point from the novel mm. in the, and they foreshadowed this in the trailer, and it becomes like I read this on Letterbox. I don't remember who said this, and I'm really sorry. Next episode, if we find the review where they said this, <laughs> next episode where we find the review where they said this, we'll shout you out. I'm really sorry about this, but someone compared it to like a Platinum Dunes remake of the original Pet Cemetery, <laughs> and it's true. Oh, like man. it is true. Yeah.
1: Nick, um, stop selling me on this movie. I might go spend right. $9. So, um, we should wrap up. But the last thing I'll say is, you know, it's, it's interesting that we, uh, you know, talking about movies that are uh, from 20 years ago that have only become increasingly relevant with time, uh, you know, especially from a, a feminist uh, angle. You know, next week we are going to really be getting into it with the first in a three-part series on The Matrix finally we're finally there we're finally actually like Da-da-da. we're an in interesting Da-da-da. movie territory it's, it's gonna actually Da-da-da. be our first actual great film that we get to oh, cover yes like finally i i i've already rewatched it i am mean, i'm hyped to talk about it but like it is it holds up and we've got some interesting coverage because some interesting things happen uh in the course of this movie's number one box office reign I'm really excited. I can't wait. I'm like we I
2: think we've made it through uh, the dumpster fire of the beginning of 1999, and oh, finally. Oh, don't worry, to- don't worry.
1: We got three weeks of the Phantom Menace coming up. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: I have to say, we should we should have ended this episode with "Fucking Wake Up" by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, we'll do that because I'll that would have been pretty funny. I'll do that. I'll do that. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the Matrix. I was obsessed with the Matrix, and like, remember back when you could download QuickTime movies from the iTunes trailer. Oh, shop. oh yeah, I remember that. I used to fucking. I had an archive of trailers on my computer, and I used to watch the fucking Super Bowl spot for The Matrix Reloaded like five times a day <laughs> when I was thirteen. Nice. I loved. I was a member of a weird like. I was a member of a Matrix forum when I was oh, in middle school. Oh, well, love, yeah. like forums. It's uh, you know what? It's pretty. uh It's pretty fucking cool, man. And The Matrix is a good ass movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else are we gonna? Yeah. Yeah, so. well,
1: well, we'll have some interesting uh, twists on it for, you know, I, well, next week will just be a straight talk about the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, goodbye. Uh, see you uh, next week for uh, a much better movie than anything we've covered to date.
2: Woo. We made it.
0: Bye, guys. <laughs>